Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio, which is an opinion show, which has chock full of opinions. And so I know we do a news segment about halfway through, we'll get into the news worth knowing, but just because you talk about news stories does not make you a journalist. It doesn't make you a, a, a news provider. I read news stories and I talk about them. This is all opinion. Get used to it. I'm not, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone stinks except your own. Okay. So just bear that in mind as we get into the hard stuff. Are you that fucking bored? I know a bunch of people out there are out of work because of this COVID thing. But I will tell you right now, once riots happen... The lockdown is over. So enough with the face masks. Most of you can't even use them correctly anyway. You got them over your, over your mouth and have your nose sticking out. You even know what you're doing? You're driving around in your car by yourself with a mask on. Are you that fucking bored? The cop was arrested. He will go to trial and he will likely be convicted. Anyone who watched that video knows it's an open and shut case. At least in 92, they waited for the verdict before riot- rioting. Let justice play out. It takes time. You can't have justice today. That's called a lynch mob. All right. So, I mean, uh, where are the systematic races preventing this cop's arrest or getting the case dismissed? I don't see that. I see this cop facing justice. You do, there's no systemic racism. If there were, that guy would be gone. He'd be let free. He'd be out of the country. And nobody would find him. But that's not the case. That's not the world we live in. You're fighting against a fictionalized version of America that doesn't exist. It maybe existed like 70 years ago, but it doesn't exist now. This is 2020. It's not 1955. Ah, darn it. I did page down. <laughs> are you that fucking bored? You want to think that all cops are racist and or all white people are racist? How delightfully prejudiced and racist of you. There's going to be bad cops. Somewhere out there is the worst doctor. Somewhere out there is the worst lawyer. Somewhere out there, well, right here is the worst podcaster. It's just how professions work. There's going to be a shitty one in every profession. But when it comes to bad cops, justice will find them. The modern information age has put a camera in all of our hands, and we can expose this bad behavior of bad cops. 30 years ago, you never would have heard of the story... It would have been swept under the rug, and you never would have heard of it. But now, because of the modern information age, all of this behavior is getting caught on tape. It doesn't mean that this, this kind of behavior is happening more often. It means that it's more often exposed. And that's a good thing, because that allows us to put the bad cops away, keep the good cops. It's a good thing. But are you that fucking bored? Do you think that a protest in London or Sydney or Fredericksburg or Richmond or New York or L.A. will have any effect on the laws in the Twin Cities? All right. Cities which are ruled by liberals for nigh on decades now. It's liberal leaders in these cities that have failed you. They failed to boot out the bad cops in their jurisdiction. They failed to use the powers to protect the people and property in those liberal neighborhoods. They failed horribly during the pandemic, and now these riots, and so now they turn to Trump and blame him as if he were the king of America. That's not how this works. This is a republic. This is a republic, idiots. The mayor has the police at his disposal, and they don't do nothing. They just look up to Trump and say, well, why isn't the king doing anything? That's not how government works. That's what Trump counted on. It's like for you to do your job, you to do your job. That's how a republic works. The states have access to police and the National Guard, but they failed you. They failed you by failing to keep the peace. Everyone just passes the buck up to Trump and wonders why things aren't getting done. Well, I don't have to do anything if Trump's going to handle it. That's not how a republic works. Are you that fucking bored? Have you not read everything on the internet yet? even stuff you may not agree with? Instead of rioting, perhaps read something that you wouldn't normally read. Perhaps you can read about a guy named George Soros and, the pe and people who are globalists and how America is the last bastion of nationalism in the world that isn't socialist, communist, or a theocratic ol oligarchy. oligarchy. 
Globalists want to destroy America so our labors pay for socialist programs in third world nations. Perhaps you don't know about the piles of bricks and weapons mysteriously left near these protest sites. There's plenty of other things you can do other than going to protest. Read a little bit more. Are you that fucking bored? You can't even see how a bunch of criminals can subvert a righteous protest and therefore make all the protesters into rioters by the, actors, by the actions of a few well-funded anarchists. Are you so bored that you cannot see a generation of young white kids told by their teachers that their skin color means they are passively oppressing their minority peers simply by existing? Are you that fucking bored? Do you want anarchy? Do you want civil war? You want to rip America apart? You want to rip my country apart? Best of luck to you. I am well-armed and intelligent, and I will fight to the death to keep this nation together, and I am far from alone. Why can't you see that China has been trying to stir up civil unrest in the black community since the Korean War? This is the business of intelligence agencies in other countries. This is what they do. They try to create social unrest in our nation. Why can't you see that Russia has been, has been trying to uh, teach uh, college students communism and socialism for over a century? How do you not know this? Why can't you see that rich globalists just want to foment anarchy in the United States so that the world can feast upon our corpse? I just think you're fucking bored. Get a job. Anyway, I'm bummed out now. I need to cheer myself up. So to cheer myself up, here's 10 reasons it's better to have a small dick in no particular order. Number 10, getting kicked in the groin only hurts the balls. No dick pain. Number nine reason it's better to have a small dick. Hands-free peeing. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight reason why it's better to have a small dick. Erections are less noticeable. The number seven reason it's better to have a small dick. 70 shorts, no problem. Number six reason why it's better to have a small dick. She can fit it all in her mouth. Ha <laughs> ha. Number five reason why it's better to have a small dick. Guys in locker rooms tend to only talk about the biggest dicks, so you can go unnoticed. Number four reason why it's better to have a small dick. No girl will ever break up with you for being too painful to have sex with. Bonus. And number three reason. <laughs> number three reason why it's better to have a small dick. No wet tip while pooping. Ah, nice. Number two reason why it's better to have a small dick. You have to develop a personality and a sense of humor. And the number one reason why it's better to have a short dick. The the shorter the barrel, the wider the shot. So, I feel a little better now. I feel a little better now. Thank you. Thank you for letting me rant for a bit. Thank you. <coughs> okay. So, uh, I've been watching a little bit of Netflix. You've been watching Netflix? I've been, I've been watching a little bit of Netflix. So, um, I watched the Jeffrey Epstein thing. I don't want to comment too much about the Jeffrey Epstein documentary thing that they did, but whew, what a... Whew. What a horrible, horrible person, allegedly. Horrible, horrible person. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I, I did watch that. I, did, I do want to tell you that I watched it. I enjoyed it, it as, as much as one can when talking about such horrific subject matter. Uh, but I do want to talk about Space Force, the new Steve Carell show that's out on Netflix right now. And Space Force is a pretty good, a pretty good show. Pretty good show. I watched all of it, and I, I look forward to another season. There's some characters I really like, so... Uh, so yeah, it's, it's good with the Space Force show. It's good to see Steve Carell being Steve Carell again, but if you ever served in the military or, um, uh, worked with defense contractors, then this show is full of cringe. Stolen valor. It's full of cringe. Um, the, a one-star general is a secretary to a four-star general. I've never seen anything like that ever. Ever. You may have a senior enlisted guy who's a secretary to a four-star general, but another general? That's not how it works, my friends. It's, and it's stuff like that all over the place. All over the place in terms of like how a captain talks to a, 
uh, a general or, <laughs> or how enlisted people interact with like the general's daughter. It's like, dude, you should not be messing around with the general's daughter. <laughs> so it's full of cringe. It's full of cringe. Um, but it's it's best just to let that go. Just try to enjoy it as best you can. You know, I mean, if you're a stickler for all the that's not that's not how a, that's not how enlisted man would address a captain and so forth. You you got to let that go. All right, and just try to enjoy it as much as possible. And sure, it's got some good jokes. Um, it is it is surprisingly vulgar. A lot of a lot of f bombs and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I as you might might be able to tell, I, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, but you know, it just for your own uh, edification, is that the word I need to use? For your own edification, I suppose. Um, is that like making a statue out of you? Anyway, for your own peace of mind, just know that there's a, there's some swearing in it. You know, you may not want to have the kids in the room when you watch it. Um, yeah, um, but it just doesn't have the side-splitting laughs that The Office did. And, but then again, this show is not The Office. It is um, Space Force is decidedly a more intelligent show. Um, that is that uh, than the office, but that is kind of the that's kind of the complexity that which so much detracts from the relatable humor. You know, does if that makes any sense? It's like because it's more complex, it becomes less relatable, and therefore, you know, not everybody gets it. I mean, everyone understands what it's like to work in an office. You know, most everybody can either ha- either has been in that situation or understands that kind of office situation. Very a lot, a lot fewer people have served in the military or have been defense contractors. Um, there's one aspect I really do like about Space Force, uh, this show. It's um, uh, the fact that there's this animosity uh, between the two factions. The two two factions of you got the you got the military jocks and you got the uh, defense contracting nerds, and it creates this uh, natural animosity between them about you know uh, what space exploration should be and like the purpose is like you know it's like it's for space exploration for the, to unite the world you know. And the military is like, we got to get as many weapons up there as possible before somebody else does. And uh, they're both right. And so it's, uh, it's it creates this interesting and it creates this uh, conflict um, in every episode where you got the the jock space uh, space force guys, military guys, and you got the defense contractors, the peaceful hippie contractors, and they're always butting heads over what what they're doing, what the purpose is, and that just lends itself for all sorts of hilarity. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, and this is a real debate. I mean, when it comes to Space Force and military contract uh, defense contracting is that, you know, this is a, there's a real debate about what, you know, the jock military guys want and the nerdy, <laughs> nerdy defense contractors want to do. Oh, it's just so great. Um, so I just want to tell a couple of things that like uh, cracked me up because uh, I really I really love every scene that includes the Joint Chiefs of Staff. We're all sitting around a table. Uh, talking about things and all the jokes in there are priceless. And they got the, like uh, some really good names. You got Jane Lynch in there. You got Patrick Warburton in there. And uh, so, I mean, it's <clears throat> really hilarious. Every single scene that has the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff is hilarious. I mean, the, the Coast Guard guys tries to come in there. You can get out of here. No, no, Coast Guard. <laughs> Which, as an ex-Navy guy, I find hilarious because you were never part of the DOD. I think you were part of uh, – uh, Department of Transportation first, and then you went to Homeland Security. I think only in times of war can the government uh, take control or DOD take control of the Coast Guard. I think that happened in World War II, so get out of here, Coast Guard. We don't need you puddle pirates around here. And one of the funniest things i ever seen uh, in this show was the scene with Patrick Warburton. And what had happened, uh, just a little bit of a spoiler, there's a scene where uh, the, the Chinese are up on the moon. They have a base on the moon. Sorry, a little bit of a spoiler. But... Uh, they they ran over the Apollo 11 flag that was planted on the surface of the moon, and uh, they ran over it with a rover, and apparently they got footage of it from the moon. And so they ha- they're having this conversation, and Patrick Warburton, he plays, a, what's that, the commandant of the Marine Corps, the highest, the Joint Chief of Staff guy? I don't I forget. I was in the Marine Corps. But Patrick Warburton's playing uh, uh, that guy for the Marine Corps. And so they're having this conversation. One of the defense contractors says, well, you know, we did leave it on the moon. So technically it's garbage. And Patrick Warburton immediately says, take that back. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly how the Marine Commandant would react in that kind of situation. I'm telling you, it's like you just called the American flag garbage. You take it back. <clears throat> anyway. I have a strong feeling that Steve Carell picked out all of the music in this show. It just, it's, it seems like the kind of music that guy would listen to. So, I mean, I mean, I like his taste in music, but, you know, 
it just it it just seems like he definitely definitely picked all that music. Um, let's talk about my favorite character. My favorite character is Dr. Chan. He is awesome. He's shaving that plant he made that grows hair. <laughs> I want to know what he did to do that. That's awesome. And so, uh, he's, uh, he's also like real OCD and there's a scene where he's, uh, this, and it's so, it's so casual. It's what he's doing as Captain Ali comes in. I think they're going to hook up sooner or later in that show, Ali and Dr. Chan. But uh, Dr. Chan comes in and is like, I want you to teach me about botany. And when she comes in, he's sitting there. He's got this lattice work of French fries on his plate with perfect dollops at perfect positions all around the thing. It's a way an OCD guy eats fries. And it's, it's, it's not really dressed. It's, it's incidental to the scene. But I don't even know what happened to that scene because I'm laughing so hard at this guy's OCD problem. So, uh, Dr. Chan, you're my favorite character. Okay, so yeah, they're definitely going to hook up. Cat Molly and Dr. Chan, I think they're going to hook up because with their connection of on K-pop. So, um, yeah, um, so it appears that Lisa Kudrow keeps getting work. I don't know how that is. You know, just because you're on Friends doesn't mean you're good, you know, you're good at what you do. Um, it's it's um, John Ralphio, he can hit the bricks too. Um, he's just the... An, he plays in an annoying douche so often that I think that's exactly the kind of guy he is. So um, I really don't care for him in the show. Um, yeah, all in all, it's an entertaining show. Uh, it is an entertaining show. It's not great, but it doesn't suck too much. And it does dodge partisan com- uh, topics <clears throat> with remarkable agility. Um, it, you know, making Trump jokes or Pelosi jokes, even Epstein jokes, without being too specific or offensive. I mean, I, I kudos to them. That was, a, that was handled deftly. Well done. Um, but unfortunately, I only have to give it, I can only give it eight of 13 stars. It's meh. But hey, John Malkovich, I think he would have been really great in The Office. I think he could have played a great Creed or Toby. Space Force, check it out. Anyway, so I was playing Sims Life Stories uh, lately. And so I maxed out I, with my character, character named after myself. Everyone makes one, right? When you play The Sims, you play, make a character based after yourself, right? So I made this character, and I was hooking up with this uh, this sim called named Fiona Fortuna or something like that. And you know, I'm trying to you know you know maxed out my skills. Uh, I'm ready to have kids and and so forth. And so uh, you know, I've been flirting with her, going through all those little menu things. You know, flirt. You know, kiss. You know, grab by the pussy. All those little menu options that pop up when you play Sims. And um, um, fi- you know, finally, you know, she falls in love with me. I ask her to marry me. She's like, okay. And then she moves into my house and brings her teenage daughter. That she never mentioned. Then again, I do not understand the Sims language. And if you do understand the Sims language, could you please send me uh, an email where I can find some sort of uh, English to Sim, Sim to English dictionary? I've been looking all over Amazon. I, I can't find it. It must be some sort of specialty language. Where do they, where do they speak the Sim language? Is it in Liechtenstein? Anyway. But she didn't mention the teenage, teenager. But say I said, hey, you know, I made a vow. You know, I made a promise to God and this woman. To have and to hold till death do us part. And that's just the kind of guy my sim is. And so she brought this teenage girl in the house. And I'm like, okay, we can raise her up. She can, uh, well, you know, she'll, she'll be old enough soon to go out and get a job. <laughs> it won't be my problem anymore. And so um, I started, it's like, hey, hey, Fiona, let's start having our own babies. And so I, we just started woohooing all the time, trying for baby. You know how it goes with a sim, you know, you know. So I'm hitting it like crazy. And then uh, one morning, uh, she like gets up and goes and pukes in the bathroom. So I think, hey, you know, I, I, think I, I think I knocked her up. And then she died. Then she died. I don't know what it was. It was if it was cervical cancer or o- ovarian cancer. I don't, I don't know what happened. The Grim Reaper didn't give me many details. All right. She just collapsed in a little clump on my floor and next thing you know i got an urn but i take the urns outside where they magically turn into tombstones so i put her outside now she's haunting my house uh for the all all of time um so here's the thing uh, fiona's daughter grew up <clears throat> and her life aspiration turned out to be having a family and so i ended up marrying her daughter and now she gave me two healthy children uh they're teenagers now uh, i've been playing for a while um, but here's the thing when it comes to like family members in uh, the Sims games, 
or particularly Sims Life Store is the one I'm playing, is that it seems like uh, when it comes to family members, like if you have a brother in a house or a, a sister or something like that, you can't click on your brother or sister and say, you know, kiss, romantic. You know, you, you, you'll have the kiss option like family kiss or something like that. That'll be your option. But you can't say kiss up arm, kiss, <laughs> uh, make out. You know, you can't do that with your brother and sister in the game. And I think there should be a, a function in this is like if you marry a woman and her teenage daughter comes to live with you. You can't make out with her later while her ghost is hovering near the bed watching you. What? What happened? Why are you begging my daughter? And so it's, um, I think that they need to do something about that. You really shouldn't have that kind of uh, Woody Allen per- permissiveness in The Sims life stories, in my humble opinion. Anyway, covering a good bit of time. So we've got about eight minutes left till the news worth knowing. But uh, let's, I want to talk about this story about uh, when I got a nosebleed in the Navy. Um, uh, we're going through what they call forward IG where it's instructional guidance and it's, uh, you have like a, a first class or a chief sitting there like, this is, we're explaining, this is the Guibo system and the Guibo system has this keyboard attached to this piece, this, uh, this tower and this tower is, uh, you gotta, and so we're all going through, uh-huh, okay, this is how it works. So you, you use this login. Okay. And then you get, you know, move this. Okay. We get it. We get how it works. And then. <clears throat> But, you know, there's a series of these things that always happens in the Navy. You're always being trained, always learning. And so um, this, um, we're, ha- we're having this forward IG, this instructional guidance, and then all of a sudden just boop, 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 blood just starts dripping out of my nose. It was a pretty bad one. Just boop, boop, boop. And I don't know if you know about recycled air on a Navy ship, but it's always dry and it's it's bad. And so I just had this nosebleed and everyone started, I was like, oh, so I had to get napkins and stuff like that. I had, uh, had to get go. Um, uh, went down to a, what they call a scuttlebutt water fountain, wet a little piece of tissue and stick it up on your under lip, under lip, uh, under between your teeth and your lip. And, uh, that helps stop a nosebleed. But, uh, everyone is, as I'm running out of the, out of the space, they're like, Oh, Robin's head is full. Robin's head is full. He's leaking. That's just a fun little story about me getting a nosebleed. And I could talk to you about why, uh, stop skateboarding. Here's a t- Here's a, here's a hint. It also involved blood. So uh, when I lived, when I first started skateboarding, I lived up in Lake Placid, New York, and that was when uh, like uh, Back to the Future came out. Everyone wanted to hang onto a Jeep. <laughs> a bunch of kids got in trouble for trying to do that, and so um, but I didn't do that. But I did like to go down a very steep hill, very fast. In one hot summer day in Lake Placid, New York, I had my shirt off, ride around on my skateboard like I'm a, a cool kid in the '80s, which I was. I was a kid in the eighties and I kept my shirt off. So I was cool. So I was skateboarding. I started going down this hill. We had this hill that went down, uh, like a driveway and it went down into this large, like uh, driveway down at the bottom. So it was a good, you can get a good bit of speed, but you had to like stop real quick. Um, but I started going down this hill one time and I don't know what happened. I lost my balance. Whoop! Skateboard goes flying, goes rolling straight down the hill, flipping right through the uh, convenience store parking lot. And I fall, trying to break my fall, roll over on my back, and slide all the way down this hill on my back on the asphalt. Tore up the back pretty good, but I was okay. You know, you're young. You can you can bounce back. That's the first time. When we moved here to Fredericksburg, I still had the skateboard, and I still like going down big hills. There's a big hill near my house, and I started going down it. And I, it was it was longer than the hills I was used to up in Lake Placid, New York. Believe it or not, there's a lot more turns <laughs> up in the mountains. And so it's um, I'm going down this hill and it's like, okay, this is fast. Okay, this is getting too fast. And I panicked. I panicked and I jumped off the skateboard, tried to run it out. But unfortunately, my momentum was too fast for my big fat legs. And I ended up tumbling, then rolling down the hill the rest of the way. And it was that day I said, I'm done with the skateboarding thing. I don't think I have the chops to do it. I don't have the agility. Anyway, so that's what I recommend. Don't skateboard. <laughs> don't learn too much or else your nose will bleed. And don't go out to a protest because um, you can reach far more people through the internet. All right? And you're a lot safer at home. And you won't be confused for a rioter. Anyway, so I just want to tell you, you know, we haven't had a mailbag in a long time. So uh, send me an email. You can email me at, at madman, madman, at fxbgpr.com. 
Uh, if you like, you send me an email, ask me a question. If you want to keep your uh, identity anonymous, just say so, and I will. And yeah, uh, be sure to also be go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, become a patron, help us out. You can also become an advertiser through there. Uh, if you want to have your own show on FXBG Public Radio, you can email admin, admin at fxbgpr.com or me at madman at fxbgpr.com and uh, see if you, we can schedule schedule you a show. We have very competitive rates, very, very cheap. And um, yeah, they even let crazy people like me on the show on this uh, station, if you can believe it. They haven't, uh, they haven't censored me yet. So uh, yeah, you can get into the news worth knowing right, right now if you want. Uh, so let's talk about something funny because I want to leave this planet. Uh, SpaceX to follow historic astronaut mission with yet another launch. Less than a week after sending humans into space for the first time, Elon Musk's company has yet has another routine launch ready to go. This guy's a monster. Always doing this stuff. So SpaceX carried out this historic Demo 2 mission with NASA over the weekend, successfully becoming the first commercial company to launch humans to space on its own spacecraft. So what better way to celebrate than by following it up this week with another launch? Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm getting this from CNET.com, just so you know. Uh, Elon Musk pioneering rocket business hopes to launch its next Starlink satellite mission on Wednesday. The Kennedy Space Center announced that blastoff is set for 8.55 Eastern time from Cape Canaveral with a backup launch window 24 hours later. The Falcon 9 carrying the satellites will attempt a landing at sea, and the company will also try to recover both halves of the nose cone, or fairing, which is beginning to become a routine part of each mission. The mission uh, was previously scheduled for mid-May, but was scrubbed by Tropical Storm Arthur. Uh, this would be the eighth launch of a batch of 60 Starlink broadband satellites, bringing the total in orbit to nearly 500. The company hopes to send hundreds more of its orbiting routers uh, up by the end of the year, with an ultimate goal of tens of thousands in low-Earth orbit uh, to provide high-speed internet to almost anywhere on the planet. Aaron Wally, when he busts through the <laughs> sphere of satellites around. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be like that. Anyway. Uh the project has been controversial among scientists and astronomers who worry about the brightness of the satellites, which have already interfered with telescopic observations of the cosmos. Uh, this mission, which was labeled Starlink 7, will carry SpaceX's uh, latest attempt at a fix in the form of a sunshade called VisorSat, which reduces the reflectivity of each satellite equipped with one. The company is expected to test at least one VisorSat in this batch and will move uh, and move forward, move towards all future satellites in the in the fleet being visor sats. SpaceX typically begins uh, typically begins to stream live coverage of each mission about 15 minutes before launch. CNET says they'll embed the feed on the page as soon as it's available. Uh, is that what this is over here? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. But that's cool. I want to get off this planet. People are nuts here. Um. It sucks that I probably won't go. I'm getting too old. They won't let me smoke in space, which is dumb. But uh, fair enough. I was like, if I have the right to smoke, you have the right to smoke. But I'm fortunately earthbound because of it, because I can't go up and with you into space. Because that's not fair to the non-smokers. I understand. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. So um, let's go to this next story. Uh, Facebook employees to stage a virtual walkout over the handling of Trump's posts. Facebook Incorporated employees staged a virtual walkout Monday, and some publicly denounced CEO Mark Zuckerberg's decision to leave up a post from President Trump about the recent social unrest, comments they say violated the company's rules about inciting violence. Over the weekend, more than a dozen employees spoke out on Twitter. Oh, what the hell happened? Over the weekend, more than a dozen employees spoke out on Twitter against Zuckerberg's, Zuckerberg's decision to keep up a post from the president, which called the called demonstrators thugs and warned, quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Hundreds of employees were part of an internal group and, and chat threads to coordinate the walkout, according to a Facebook employee. The walkout was confirmed by a company spokeswoman. 
Although employee activism has been a co- has been common around Silicon Valley in the recent years, uh, the public outcry for is unusual for Facebook employees who have typically kept their disagreements in house over the past several years of scandals. But the events of the last few days pushed these debates into public view, mirroring similar developments at rival tech companies like Alphabet Inc. and Amazon.com. Alphabet Inc. is obviously Google. Uh, Facebook says it refrains from fact-checking or removing politicians' posts on the platform, but will take down posts that glorify violence and spread voter misinformation. Some employees and outside academics who study Facebook's content rules said the looting post, along with an earlier one that contained inaccuracies about voting by mail, broke the company's rules. Quote, I'm, I'm, a F, I'm, a, I'm a Facebook employee that completely disagrees with Mark's decision to do nothing about Trump's recent posts, which clearly incite violence, tweeted Jason Sturman, who le- lists himself as a design manager at Facebook on his LinkedIn page. Quote, I'm not alone inside Facebook. There isn't a neutral position on racism, he said. So uh, here's the thing. It's like, Mark Zuckerberg has is distinguishing himself as different than Twitter. Uh, Jack Dorsey has says that you know wants wants Twitter to be the arbiters of truth. Now, if you if you know what those words mean, you should really think about what that means. They want to be the ones to tell you what is the truth, and so far their track record in that regard is pretty horrible. That being said, Mark Zuckerberg is trying to distinguish himself and Facebook as a platform that allows the freedom of speech. You know, you have all these people protesting for censorship. You did not censor him. <laughs> so we're going to virtually walk out. All right. I, if I were Mark Zuckerberg, I'd fire all these motherfuckers. Idiots. It's like, you know, uh, and the, the previous posts are talking about, about the, the uh, voting by mail, where <laughs> corruption and, you know, they, uh, Democrats could take over the, or um, anyone, you know, any party could take over the election by the uh, ballot stuffing. You know, there's proof that this stuff happens. It happens quite frequently. And Trump is not incorrect about that. Not totally correct, but he's not incorrect. And the same thing with this thing where where he calls these people thugs and that when the looting, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, that's just, that's just truth. You know, rioters are thugs, people who break into stores and get shot by the store owner who is legally defending his property. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. If you don't want to get shot, don't loot. That's all that means. That's all that logic means. But Facebook want, Facebook employees are going to walk out because Mark Zuckerberg did not censor Trump the way that uh, Twitter had. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that you know uh, Trump Trump is you know going after these social media companies. He's going after them, and he's going after them for what I believe to be good reasons. You should be able to say whatever you want within reason. You know, you don't want somebody getting up there posting, you know, saying it's like, hey, uh, wasn't Stalin just the coolest? Wasn't Chairman Mao so awesome with the Great Leap Forward killing all the creative class? And therefore, uh, China is the only people left in China or nothing but the the people keep their head down and just work just to get, you know, get get through the day. No revolutionaries. (laughs) Killed all the revolutionaries. Wow. We went all the way to China with that one. Anyway, good for Mark Zuckerberg. Um, make your own decision. You want to think, you want to read that post of Trump's, (laughs) you want to read that post of Trump's and think one way or the other. That's your business. That's your business. Me personally, I don't follow the guy on Facebook. I don't follow him on Twitter. You know why? Because he's a douchebag. He's a giant, wet, flapping douchebag. I know that. And I'm going to vote for him because he pisses, he pisses off all these liberals that think that they, they have the right to tell people what they can and cannot post on social media. You are not the arbiters of truth. And to, and to think that you are is arrogant, is arrogance of the highest order. Anyway, holy cow, I might have to end early if I'm going to keep going through these stories so quickly. Uh, Ivy League trained lawyer allegedly tried to pass out firebombs to protesters. Two attorneys busted for throwing a Molotov cocktail through a police car window during protests in Brooklyn early Saturday were trying to pass out the incendiary devices to demonstrators in the crowd, federal authorities said Monday. Brooklyn Community Board member uh, Colinford Mattis, 32, and his alleged accomplice, 31-year-old Aruj Raman, were driving around in a tan minivan 
near near a clash between police and demonstrators at the 88th Precinct Station House in Fort Greene, federal prosecutors of uh, for the Eastern District of New York said in a de- detention memo on Monday. Why do you need to know if the van is tan in color? Uh, that seems extraneous. Um, a bystand, bystander snapped a photo of the pair in the car while they are allegedly trying to pass out the homemade explosive devices, according to the memo. Didn't you ever see a Brock's tail? You don't drive around in a car. You don't drive around in a car. Oh, well, they're professors, so they probably didn't smoke. Okay. Never mind. Carry on. Carry the incendiary devices in your car, I guess. Uh, Raman attempted to distribute Molotov cocktails to to the to witnesses and others uh, so that those individuals could likewise use the incendiary, incendiary devices to, in the furtherance of more destruction and violence, the witness later told authorities. The two were busted by cops after Mattis, who was in the driver's seat, pulled the van over near near the precinct, and Raman allegedly got out and tossed a lit Molotov cocktail into a cop car. Images... <clears throat> Images from the detention memo purport to show a masked ramen clutching a Molotov cocktail made from a Bud Light bottle. Again, extraneous information. I don't care if it's a Bud Light bottle or, uh, or, or a Miller Light bottle. I mean, are you saying that like uh, revolutionaries or what's, what's the word? Insurgents drink Bud Light? <laughs> so how, how do you drink a Bud Light? He's Antifa. Anyway, here's the point is that, you know, a lot of people want to say that like uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, uh, these kind of um, the, the troublemakers, um, they want to say that they're not, they're not that organized, not that smart and, you know, so forth. But there are tons, tons of liberal professors and college, college, uh, college professors um, who have been t- teaching these kids to be little socialist soldiers for a long time. And therefore they have, they are de facto socialist soldier soldiers in their own right. Additionally, you got a bunch of, uh, you know, lipstick lesbian lawyers who are, uh, who help these kids out, these Antifa, Antifa kids out, uh, when they get in trouble, poof, they magically, they're, they're magically there to help defend them pro bono. You know, they ha- maybe have a, have a house, and so now you're part of the family. It's like you, I helped you out with this. It's like I got the towel, and you know it's a commune and stuff like that. We're all groovy and cool. You guys can do anything in this house. But you know, once a protest comes around, it's like, hey, I want you to throw rocks and stuff. I want you to be the paramilitary wing of the Democratic Party. So this is the point. You know, you may want to say that like people like Antifa are just a, a rabble of kids, and in many ways that is true. They're a bunch of homeless kids. They're a bunch of uh uh. <laughs> rich kids, rich white kids, mostly rich white kids, um, who ran away from their rich dads and you can't tell me what to do no more. And then, you know, they get into trouble on the streets or something like that. It's like, I believe in anarchy because government sucks and I hate the patriarchy because I hate my dad. You know, you understand those kids do exist. Absolutely. But there are college professors who enable these, uh, foot soldiers of theirs. There are these lawyers that help enable these foot soldiers of theirs. They are also liberals, and they also want these use these kids as fodder, you know, as child soldiers, if you ask me. And these kids, they're, they're too dumb. No offense. No offense. I'm not saying you're just at 18, 19, 20 years old, you're an idiot. And you know why? Because I was, tw- I was 20 years old and an idiot. All right. And when you're that young and, you know, you're easily influenced by a college professor or a smart, smart lawyer, you know, you don't know enough about the world to realize that you're being manipulated. So don't think that this, you know, these riots are about just some rabble in the street. There is some serious organization behind all of this, and college professors should be looked at, and some of these uh, lawyers should be looked at, as well as George Soros. And so, uh, yeah, let's talk about my favorite guy. Eh, not, eh, not my favorite guy. Ben Shapiro, let's talk about Ben Shapiro. Uh, Ben Shapiro says, we're witnessing the essence of tyranny as cowardly city leaders refuse to crack down on riots. America is witnessing the, quote, essence of tyranny as rioting and looting sweeps cities amid the nationwide protests against police brutality and the death of George Floyd. Excuse me. Conservative host Ben Shapiro stated on Tuesday. That's today. In an interview on Fox and Friends, Shapiro condemned the acts of the outside agitators who were attacking police officers and rioters and looters. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, police officers and rioters and looters? Come on, Fox. 
police officers, comma, rioters, and looters, who are, quote, taking advantage of the situation to steal a pair of shoes or grab a TV. And those two don't give two dams about George Floyd. I don't know if you listen to Ben Shapiro, but I do. And he's been swearing a lot over the last two days. He's been dropping (laughs) S-bombs. And they still edit it out. Coward. Anyway, (laughs) I'm messing with you, Ben. I love you. Um, Yeah, see, they don't give two dams about uh, George Floyd. Specifically, Shapiro hit against Antifa, a predominantly left-wing anti-fascist organization that President Trump tweeted Sunday would be designated as a terror organization. Shapiro has a history with the group. In 2017, a series of protests surrounding a conservative speaker at conservative speaker series at UC Berkeley turned violent when Antifa and socialist members clashed with uh, alt-right and white nationalists. I don't like that. I don't like those, those words. Anyway, quote, it's a loosely affiliated group. This is a uh, Ben. Uh, it is a loosely affiliated group of anarchists and radicals who ha- who take advantage of large crowd scenes in order to generate violence against the police, he accused. They've been doing this for years, and anybody who mentions this uh, was deemed to be- not be serious about other problems in the United States. Shapiro noted Antifa's involvement in Portland, Oregon, where they grappled in- with a far-right Proud Boys in 2019. I hate that. Far-right Proud Boys. Eh. In 2019, adding to the city's Mayor Ted Wheeler seemed to shun responsibility for allowing the conflict to go unhindered. That's correct. And just like the Baltimore riots, you know, they gave them room to riot. And that is the wrong decision to make. That's me saying it, not Ben Shapiro. (coughs) Quote, it is the essence of tyranny to see what we are seeing right now in L.A. or New York, where the law-abiding are locked in their homes at sunset and rioting and looting are allowed to rage out of control because political actors are too cowardly to actually do anything to uphold the first mandate of government to protect your life, liberty, and property. That's right. What's the purpose of the government if it's not doing that? You are correct, sir. Shapiro also told Friends hosts that uh, there there are measures being taken to put an end to violence and extremist criminal action including investigations into encrypted communications between members of Antifa and using racketeering laws to examine how people are using cross-state activities in order to facilitate violence. Fucking lawyers, man. Hold on. I could not be a lawyer. Uh, Quote, he goes on to say, I mean, law enforcement is on the front lines, and law enforcement obviously is at the center of the controversy to begin with. And we saw a bunch of law enforcement officers shot at Last night in St. Louis, he pointed out, quote, I mean, to pretend that all of this is happening in a vacuum or that a constant flamethrowing by members of the media, the attempt to paint all of America as racist and evil and on the side of the killer of George Floyd. All of this has some very real consequences, he concluded. Multiple police officers have been gunned down across America since the protests began to devolve to devolve, including four people in to devolve including four people in St. Louis who were shot early Tuesdays, two others in Las Vegas. This, this article is poorly written. Uh, the death of 22-year-old James Sherlock, who was shot and killed outside a bar in Omaha, Nebraska, on Saturday was not mentioned. Sherlock was participating in the protests. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if the government's not doing that, I mean, if they're just letting these kids take over to the street... I mean, this is what happened in Portland. This is what happened in Baltimore in the riots in Baltimore. You know, it, the government says they just gave them room. They let them do what they were. We're not going to get involved with Antifa. We're not going to use crowd control or anything like that. We're not going to use uh, 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 water cannons. You know, you have, you have not less than lethal options available to you. You don't let people blow off steam by burning down the city. The city they all live in, mind you. I know... They were talking about these out, these people coming from out of town. Okay, that's a very real concern, and I think a lot of people are noticing it. They're also noticing, you know, the mysterious bricks that show up, the mysterious weapons that show up. They're noticing that these college professors are helping them out. You know, they see these a bunch of liberal white kids handing out bricks to black kids. Say, throw this through something, kid. You know, people are noticing that. You know, justice is going to come for all of these people too. Okay, we've got cameras everywhere, <clears throat> and just like you can catch that cop. With his knee on a dude's throat. Just like you can catch that guy on camera, you can catch these uh, rioters on camera. The stuff they stole, you know, if, it, if it's an electronic device, you know they could probably track it, right? You know, if it's a TV, probably has a 
chip in it. You, you know, probably has something and they could find it anyway. I don't know. I don't know. But this the the idea that people are being like told to go from out of out of, from one state to another or from an area to uh, a town for a protest for a riot, basically, you know, that's very concerning. That's that's uh, insurgent activity is what that is. That's organized insurgent activity. And it's definitely should be considered a terrorist organization. Ben Shapiro. Okay. You know how, how, how I like to do. I like to keep a end on a more happy note. We got about 13 minutes left. So I got two stories left to see how I can stretch it. See how I can stretch it. Mom mortified when her son gets stuck inside of a hollow tree during his first park trip after the lockdown. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Anyway, a mother in England says she was mortified, mortified, when her son somehow got himself stuck inside of a tree. It's a four-year-old. You know exactly how he gets stuck inside of a tree. Weren't you ever four years old? I know how I got stuck in... uh, I was eight, and I got my head stuck in the railing of the best stairs. Anyway, different story. Okay, so somehow the four-year-old's first outing since the coronavirus lockdowns, he has somehow fallen inside a hollow tree trunk and was able, unable to free himself. Uh, Lindsay Ibrahim says she had taken uh, her four boys to a local park after spending nine weeks in isolation due to the coronavirus pandemic, New York Post reports. Unfortunately, the family wasn't at the park for very long before the four-year-old Finley found himself in an unusual situation. I ran over and I just spotted the top of Finley's face and his hand and arm poking out like like this barrel. <laughs> and I was mortified at the time, thinking, "Oh my word, what am I going to do?" She t- <laughs> Sorry, I'm cracking myself up. This is what she told Kennedy News. Fortunately, the kids seemed to be amused by the ordeal. Are they talking about me? Is this like the never-ending story? Are they talking about me? It's only a news story. They can't be talking about me. Okay, goes on. Okay. He said, look, mommy, I'm stuck like a bug in a rug. <laughs> and then he asked, are you going to have to take my head off and get the rest of my body out? <laughs> His mother explained. Sounds like a cool kid. I want to play with him. Uh, while he was, uh, while she was unable to lift him out of the tree due, due to a back condition, she said, see, wow. She said she asked another father at the park for help. Quote, I was embarrassed to ask because of social distancing, she explained. Uh, so he had all the all the right to say no, but he found the funny side and offered to straight away to help. He came over and the guy, guy was like Spider-Man. He just sprung to the top of the tree trunk and he pulled him hard a few times and then Finley popped out the top. Like Winnie the Pooh. And uh, there's pictures of this if you want to go look for it. I mean, he just... <laughs> you know... I was four years old, four years old once, and I climbed into things I probably shouldn't have climbed into, and so it's uh, just one of those things that happens when you're four years old. What in the world? I don't know if you heard that. That was crazy. That was great. Wow, that's crazy, man. So let's get in this last story. We end early. We end early. So a North Carolina boy, North Carolina boy, seven years old throws personal prom for a babysitter after hers was canceled. All right. A, I'm not reading that sentence, Fox News. That's ridiculous. Your lead paragraphs always suck. Anyway, um, a seven-year-old North Carolina showed his nanny how much she really meant to him by throwing her a private prom. He was reportedly inspired to hold the socially distant dance after the COVID-19 pandemic upended the young woman's original prom plans. Curtis, Curtis Rogers went two months without seeing his nanny, Rachel Chapman, due to the coronavirus ABC 11 reports. Rogers described, described Chapman as one of the best people I've known, and it definitely shows. After Chapman's prom was canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic, she was understandably upset. But Rogers', Rogers invite to lifted her spirits, even though she was momentarily saddened after finally putting the dress she was supposed to wear Wait, hold on. Let me read that again. Even though she was momentarily saddened after finally putting on the dress she was supposed to wear to the actual event, she bummed it out. She was like, I, I wanted a real date, not a seven-year-old. And so, um, uh, quote, I was kind of kind of like bummed putting my dress on be- 
because I was sad. I don't get to wear it to my senior prom. After leaving it and having that time with him, because it was the first time I had seen him in two months, it was like really fun. And I'm really glad that he did that. Rogers was a complete gentleman from the start. Chapman and I hope so. He's seven years old. He doesn't know what to do with that blonde. Anyway, uh, for, quote, first he was waiting outside when we got there with the pool noodle, and then he led me into the backyard, Chapman explained. He had all of my favorite foods and everything. I could tell he put a lot of thought into it. Becky Chapman, Rachel's mom, shared pictures of, from the evening on Twitter. The post has received over 12,000 likes. The boy's mom, Alyssa, told ABC 11 he was very excited to want to make sure everything was just right and get his suit on and pick out his bow tie that matched her dress. It was really cute. He was really excited for it and to start and to make sure he was ready to impress her. Now, here's the thing, kid. It's never going to work out. She's never, ever going to be into you. You know, that was that crazy, stupid love movie. That's, that stuff never happens, bro. You know, I, I, I've been seven years old. I fell in love with the babysitter, man. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. There's too many years between you. She likes older dudes. And if she is into you, you should run. That's a scary, scary predator you're dealing with. It's a very cute story. I made it take a dark turn. That's just how we roll here on Shock Monkey Radio. We're a little bit early. You know, I want to remind you again, go look for us on YouTube, Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Tell all your friends about us. Um, hit, the, hit the little notification bell um, so that you know every time I, I release a video. Uh, yeah, tell your friends. Uh, you can follow me on social media as well. You got Shock Monkey Radio Redux on Facebook. Go check that out. Um, please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. And you get full access to all the video content that we have for the show. Um, yeah, and if you want to email me for the new uh, for the mailbag, you can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com. This has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you.